who's the person you turn to when you need advice, the person who gives you confidence and strength, the person who's been your biggest support, the person you shop with, ask their opinion and trust them implicitly. For me, it's... Hi, Ma. Hi, Del. As a mother and daughter, we know we have a close bond, but each mother and daughter relationship is unique and different, and that's exactly what we want to explore. Each week, we'll sit down with mothers and daughters and talk about their bond, from the ones who work together to others who have survived, shared passions, overcome loss, and in general, have a great relationship that is worth sharing. This is Mothers Mothers and Daughters Daughters Podcast. Hi, Ma. Hi, Del. How are you? I'm good. Interesting times. <laughs> yes. You can explain. I can explain. Uh, so just days away from giving birth and um, my darling husband has tested positive to COVID. So Again. Yay. Again. Yes. Yeah, so we did a mass mass <clears throat> exodus to mum's. So the boys are here. They're Jordana's asleep. here. Yes, they're asleep. And just why we can do this. Bags are packed. My bags are packed. Baby's, baby's bag is packed, and we're ready to go. And I guess I if go bag if, if something happens. Yes. So if something happens, I will be. Mum will be in the room, and then we'll have to do an episode afterwards <laughs> to talk about it. That will be very interesting. <laughs> that times. will be very interesting. Yes, that will be definitely a first. But that's fine. I mean, I, I would be very excited, but I would be very sad for Adam, obviously. Yes. You know, because it's his place, not mine. But at the same time, if he can't be there. That's right. Of course. I'm not I doing will, it by myself. No, of course I would be there. Yes. So. It's, yeah. It's just terrible times. It's so, just so, many, so many people have COVID. And we know so many, for so many people, it's, it's also, it always works out that way that it's the worst timing just before a trip or just before an event, COVID has a way of just yeah, ruining. Snatching all that joy away. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, we will try keep this baby in until until he's better. He's he's allowed in the hospital yes. again, but we'll see. Yes. What happens? Speaking of which, we will at the moment take a little break. We'll see how we go with recording as to how we go in terms of recording and getting episodes out. So with another baby? Yes. We will I will do my best mm-hmm. to be back on board as soon as possible and get our amazing guests in. But I haven't booked anything in just in case. No. But in the meantime, if anybody wants to recommend or suggest guests, please do. Yeah. Because We'd it'll love save to hear me from you. some time of researching. But Again, we've got some good people. We just haven't booked them in for recording just because we just don't know what this one's going to be like. Hopefully he's a very placid, placid easygoing yeah, child. the third one will be the placid one. And we'll be able to do lots of recordings and he can just hang out in the cot behind yeah, us. He'll be the chilled one. That'd be interesting. The boys were not too bad when they were babies. They're annoying now. Yes, yes, but we weren't also We weren't a, doing this, no. We weren't doing a podcast then. No. So. We weren't. Well, mum's already changed the podcast table to a change table, so mum's... It's a diverse room. <laughs> mum's moved. 
moved yes. our podcast equipment and changed yes, I'm, I'm, I'm everything ready. around. I'm Mum's ready. ready, so there we go. As long as mum's ready, that's the most important thing. Of course. Yes. So for our, I won't call it final, but no, just before a break, a baby break episode, we've got Norelda Jacobs and her daughter Jade. Norelda, you will know from Studio 10. If you live in Perth, you would have seen her on the news from she's been doing it for now since 20 20 years 27 years so she's definitely well recognized in WA and now more so being in um, Sydney she moved January 2020 what a time to move Mm. to Sydney and then she couldn't see she couldn't get back to WA so that was really sad but she was really excited she moved for the incredible role of being one of the panellists for Studio 10 and, you know, as a First Nations woman, she's really paved the way for Absolutely, but she's got um, quite an amazing, well, you know, very personable, wonderful uh, spokesperson, yeah. um, not well, obviously definitely not shy, but she no. has – so much to say, and and she was just so lovely, really so lovely. Easy, yeah, and it was very lovely easy with her to and her daughter, and they were together, which was so nice yes. back in Perth. Yeah. So she was able to spend some very beautiful quality time with Jade and her sisters and her mum. And then we got to meet the mum. Yeah. Her so mom. her mum makes a, a nice su- entrance, surprise yeah. entrance at the end. Yeah. That was so lovely. That was so nice. So they're all on a trip now at an Airbnb and so they're enjoying lots of family time and it was really sweet. I got a message from Norelda afterwards saying that our conversation sparked their family conversation, which was really nice. They used some of our questions to talk about their relationships with each other. So that was really nice. And Jade is also extremely well accomplished. She's an Mm. amazing artist. Yes. And has had multiple mural murals yes. sorry straight like for her street for art. her street art in Perth and yeah so she's really so amazing so they're both very articulate but in different ways mm. and talented oh, and creative talented. and then also Norella was saying that you know she's also um Doing a pilot with yeah, the she's new doing episode. a pilot series with Channel Ten, and it's called Dinner Guest, and it has Melissa Leong, and um, they they've only got one episode so far, so it's a pilot episode, mm. and they sit down and have dinner and talk about with four women in total, and so yeah, I would recommend you can watch it anytime on Ten Play, and hopefully it gets picked up, and it'll be a great series because. Mm. She's, as you will hear from the episode, she's a great conversationalist. Yes, yes. Very, as you say, very articulate. Yes. And, yeah, it was, it was yeah, really wonderful. It was. It was really enjoyable. So we thank Norelda and Jade and... Um, and you, you will hear... In the meantime, yes, just stay tuned to socials. We will definitely have a... An announcement. An announcement mm. and... I will not live stream the birth, do not worry, but <laughs> if mum's in there with me, we'll have some photos and we'll, share we'll, them. Yes, we'll snapshots anyway. We'll, we'll just see what we'll happens. we just have to wait and see. Stay tuned, everybody, and enjoy this week's episode.
So can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Whoever wants to go first. Okay. Well, we are Nyungas from uh, Borloo, Perth, and uh, we now live in different states, which is um, interesting, like for the first time in, well, of your 27, of, well, 25 years, yeah. um, we lived in different states um, when I moved to Sydney in, in January 2020. So um, so that's kind of an, a different phase of our sort of mother-daughter relationship. Um, yeah, but we, we're both uh, very much from the West and this is our home. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, would you, what would you say? It's such a broad question. Yeah. <laughs> I know. How much do you want to know? <laughs> Everything in... Three sentences. No, I'm kidding. As long as, as take as long as you like. Well, I'm 27. Um, yeah, from Boralu, and um, I work as a mural artist, and mainly work just through Perth. Um, and yeah, get to catch up with mum as much as I can. And it was a bit hard through COVID, but mm. it's really awesome that we've got the whole week together this week. Yeah. Yeah, we've been looking forward to this. This has been like for me. This 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 week was like the the, the light at the end of the tunnel I'm of sure. just this busy, 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 busy period. And then it was like, if I could just get there, you know, that it was that kind of a feeling. So yeah, this has been really nice. I was going to say you've been nonstop since you moved to Sydney. It seems like pretty much, and I didn't realize like what you know how you know, you, you kind of hear about the rat race and. Um, it really yeah. was that even during COVID when everybody was in lockdown, um, you know, anyone who was in, you know, the media and communications and journalism, that was their busiest time, um, which was also a blessing that I was able to go into work, physically go into work every day. Um, so life didn't sort of, um, I mean, the, the change that happened for me was that life just got busier, like really, you know, which which was kind of against everybody else's experience during the pandemic. Because you were obviously in Sydney the, the whole time and you couldn't get back to Western Australia, obviously. No, I couldn't get back. Mm. And um, so there were birthdays, like my mum had her 80th birthday I mm. couldn't go to. Yeah, so it's just, and just things like that, um, things would come up, you know, the yeah, and, and, you know, WA was living their best life. Everyone yes, over here was living, so you know, their true. best life and kind of, you know, like, yeah, so so hearing all the stories from home, um, I mean, everyone over here was, well, what were they like? During the pandemic, it's like, good thing we live in. Yeah, <laughs> it was really weird. It was a weird experience because everyone was struggling and then we were just still doing things. Mm, yeah. Like it felt, yeah, it felt a bit like, in your face sort of like I didn't really feel that comfortable when we could like go out clubbing and everything and Melbourne was in Mm. major lockdown yeah I remember hearing someone from home saying um complaining that oh we've only got broom to go to for a holiday (laughs) and you're like I can't leave a five kilometer radius yes let alone let alone just going to broom (laughs) I'll take broom I'll take it I'll take broom. Yeah, take broom. Oh my god! Anything to get out of homeschooling, I'll take it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that that must have been really hard. But I guess the minute the borders open up, you were there, obviously. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing was uh, that you know life became so busy, and there were so many things to do because you know after 
during the the height of BLM, you know, life changed dramatically um, for for you know for me personally because everybody was because people in Australia suddenly realised, oh, we have to get people of colour involved in things and First Nations people involved in things, and it's like, well, who can you get? And and it, for anyone who was in the public eye, it was like they're the people that are seen you Mm. know so it was like being drawn upon to do all sorts of different things um so because I was so you know you know life was just so full I was convincing Jade to come over (laughs) to to come (laughs) and visit me in Sydney um so I think the first time we we kind of saw each other was when you came over yeah yeah it was yeah Yeah. and that was awesome we just had the biggest hug at the airport okay Oh, it was so special. It's yeah. amazing. I think some of those airport scenes oh, were just goodness. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's, yeah. It's, it's very hard. I mean, I mean did you see each other? Like were you living within the five five? We were so, yeah, we were so lucky, thank goodness. I mean, in the very, very early stages of the pandemic, we were very conscious of my parents and my in-laws, especially the kids, because they were still at daycare. So we weren't seeing them. And I think the first time we hugged was was it Mother's Day? You were like, oh, forget this. I know. I, I just, know. I just got over it. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no more. And we were lucky we were within the five-kilometre radius. But, you know, in those early days when we didn't know that much, mm. we were so worried about the grandparents. I mean, mum hated being referred to as elderly. That was, I think, <laughs> the worst part of the pandemic for her was being referred to as elderly She was referred to as elderly? Well, mum, technically because of her age, but she's not. (laughs) She'll never admit that. But, you know, it was in the beginning they're like 60 plus is the elderly and mum's like, are you kidding me? I was like, that's the biggest insult for the whole pandemic. It's not not I'm I'm constantly telling young journos like, you know, we have to modify what what we describe as elderly because people in their 60s are not elderly. No. It's hard. It's it, like, it, it's tough. It's yeah, just, especially so, especially when a young journo calls someone who's fifty five elderly. It's like ah, uh, no, let's yeah. t- let's change that. I was going to say, you wait till you get to that age, and they won't be thinking the same. Obviously, yeah, that's right. Right. Okay. Well, so, we'll take it back. To, we'll just take it. Sorry, back to the that, beginning. that's always digressing yeah. anyway. And Norelda, can you tell us what your childhood was like? Just go all the way back, away from the okay. pandemic. Oh, yeah, all the way back. So I'm the youngest of five girls. Wow. And so being the baby, I was just, I just, my childhood was just being showered with love. You know, my, my cheeks were always kissed. Oh, um, I, always, I always was getting hugs and I just had, I was just surrounded by love. You know, that, that, that's the feeling of my, my childhood. Um, we were a very sort of active family and did things together. And, you know, we're um, at the, the place that we are now. So I'm kind of looking out the windows and I'm seeing, you know, the, the bush. And, um, and we had a very, uh, we, we were kind of bush babies, I guess, because we grew up around the, the, the bush. We had a 10 acre block um, mm. when I was, that we moved to when I was about 10. And we had like horses and, oh, wow. you know, it's kind of like a bit of a hobby farm, I guess. So it was um it was a free range childhood surrounded by love. And that that's very that's so nice isn't to hear. Lovely? <laughs> no, it's I so mean that's just wonderful. It's exactly what you want to hear and from a childhood, yes, yeah. definitely. And and yeah. Jade, what about you? What was your childhood like? Uh I feel like mum could probably recall this better than me. Um 
Oh, yeah, I think I had a, a really great childhood. Um, I was, uh, well, I am an only child. I have a half-brother who lives um, in a different country. So I grew up with mainly just my cousins and we, we have, yeah, big family, all of our aunties. And, um, yeah, I think I was like, I was pretty good at hanging out on my own mm. when I was younger. So I'd always come to like all the dinner parties and just have my notepad and a pen and just like just draw for hours and hours and always just like sit in the back of the car on road trips on my own and just like entertain myself for hours. <laughs> so I think I'm still really good at that. <laughs> like I, I actually do need my alone time. So mm. it was, yeah, I think it. It kind of worked out well. Mm. Yeah. But I guess that as an artist, I suppose, yeah. is good training probably, as you say, because what you do is obviously alone, being alone with your art, whereas, yeah. Norelda, you, you're probably so different because you're in the media, so you're constantly with people. It's quite a quite a contrast between your lives, I guess. That's very true. Yeah. Like I'm constantly talking to people uh, and, and like, this is something that I, that I learned from my dad, actually. Um, He would walk into a room and just be full of confidence and be able to go up to anyone and talk to them and have a meaningful conversation with them. And, you know, when we would leave the thing, leave the event, you know, people would, you know, make their way over to him just to say, just be able to say goodbye and thank you for the um, thank you for your company. You know that that, yeah, that was the impact amazing. that he. And so I, and so I kind of um, having been exposed to that, and my mum was the same as well. So I think you know it gave me that sense of confidence that I could also enter a room and talk to anyone, regardless of you know whether they're a government minister or mm. um, you know some or, or or someone who's you know behind the bar, you know, for example. Mm. So yeah, it, it, um, yeah. So I guess I've always yeah. been around people, but I kind of like my alone time as well. Yeah, I think mum is a lot like, like we are very similar as well mm. at certain times, like whether you're working or if you're not working, then you can easily just be be on your own and mm. be happy. <laughs> <laughs> in, in your thoughts. Mm. And it's, well, it's when you're alone and you're quiet, you come up with ideas for things. <laughs> it's true. And it's important, it's important to have, to be okay to sit with yourself and just be you know my my alone time comes with walking like we I don't have a car in Sydney uh Stevie and I my partner Stevie and I moved over to Sydney without a car and so we just walk everywhere so I walk to work um and that's like 40 40 minutes at a time oh my gosh that's so good yeah So, so some of the time I'm listening to podcasts and news and the radio and things but sometimes I just prefer just to be quiet and yeah they're the they're the times that you're you're being reflective Mm. you know so I I quite like that that time that I have on my own when I walk that's interesting that's you're certainly obviously very fit to be able to do that all the time it's amazing I I tried to keep up with her for a week yeah I was there I was exhausted. Like, <laughs> it was hour walking way ahead of me, and I was like, my back sore. <laughs> well, it's incidental exercise, and we live in Surrey Hills. That I call them Surrey Hills for nothing. There, yes, hundred percent, exactly. Yes. I was going to say, nowhere in Sydney can you escape a hill of some kind. So it's pretty impressive to yeah walk to walk work. to work, yeah. and every yeah. well, I mean, you know, anywhere. But I think it is important to have that alone time especially for you speaking to people all the time you probably also feel like you need a bit of silence every now and again definitely yeah definitely yeah 
Yeah, and- I feel like since you moved to Sydney, you've um, you are a lot more outgoing, and you can last longer. <laughs> more stamina. Being, like yeah, stamina being grown. social. Mm. Whereas I feel like when you were here you would get quite exhausted from mm. interactions, a lot of interaction. So I think it's just like being healthier and like just doing what you really want to do. Being on purpose, living living your purpose, that's what I kind of feel like and that, that gives you energy to keep going, I think, you know, like, yeah. In, in, yeah good point. <laughs> Interesting though, obviously, might, must be quite a difference from Western Australia and then living in Sydney. I mean, it's it, they're very different, obviously, to each other. Yeah. Well, I was really comfortable here in, in Perth. I was very comfortable. had a had a fantastic job, um, but I, I, I and, and a job that I didn't, you know, want want to give up. But I just wondered what else life had, um, what other challenges there there were because I felt that like I wasn't personally being being challenged anymore by by my work and and I kind of feel like I was maybe you know running on third gear or maybe second gear mm. even um and then when I went to Sydney it was like fifth gear like it was just fifth gear the whole time and it was like but I I listened to Lee Sales the other day um and she she described it as um that she would be operating just at the edge of her capabilities that's mm. how she described her life on 730 she was just on the edge of her capabilities and constantly pushing them, you know, constantly pushing herself to just, you know, mm. just, just always maintain that that edge, you know. And that's how I've described the, the last couple of years. Uh, I, I felt the same way. But she described it in a positive sense that it was positive stress, you know, because the sense of reward mm, kept her going is the payoff, mm. you know. It's a it's a big pay. Um, so that's how I kind of feel that it is. So I, I kind of, I do describe it as a positive as a pos- positive stress and, and constantly pushing myself, um, you know, to do like the the the, the drum and to do Q and A and to be mm. on insiders, even though like oh, <laughs> like how, how do you fit any more into your life? How, obviously, well, and you've got your new show as well. I mean, it looks like a lot of. Fun, I understand. You know, it does look like a lot of fun on the show, but at the same time, it's more talking again. So you, I, I just, I don't know where. Like, that's a lot of energy, especially if you're walking to these venues as well, <laughs> and then talking. Yeah, I, I, yeah, but everything's a blessing. It's such a blessing to be able to talk. You know, I, and it's something that I've kind of, even even though presenting the news is is talking. It's not. Re- it's reading. You're, you're, you're reading, you know, and everything's timed to the second, so you, there's no room to ad lib or add any of your own flavour to it. Um, so I, I, I always think that it's I don't ever want to pass up these opportunities because if I don't do it, then it will then it will go to somebody else and they might not share the same opinions that I have. And I kind of think now that I've had some experience of sharing my opinions that it's in, they're kind of important opinions to share, yeah. I think. You know? I guess so, definitely. Yeah. I guess that's so I, I, given you a better platform. I mean, as opposed to, as you say, just reading the news mm-hmm. that you don't have an opinion, but all of these other platforms allow you to, which obviously is, is you know, it's very rewarding for you to be able to give an opinion. It really is. And at a time that as Australians, we need to hear it the most. Um, because, you know, the, the thing during BLM that really did kind of upset First Nations people was and, and people of colour, in, in you know, in this country was when Australians 
you know, we're, we're looking at the, the riots and everything in America and and thinking, gosh, really glad we live here. And, you know, even there was a journal, Australian journal, Fox popping the um, uh, people that were, that were rallying in America and saying, you know, thank well, thank you for you know, that, that grab for First Nations people went viral because it was that journal that said, well, thank you for describing those things because people in Australia really have little understanding of it. And it's like, wow, like you don't live in the country that we live in. You know, we are experiencing these things every day. Like mm, there yeah. are police officers who, are, who have been charged with murder in this country, you know. So it, it's being able to just just kind of shift it back saying, ah, oh, like that's I'm really happy for you that, you know, that's your experience. But it's not every Australian's experience. Mm. And the, the, the more I can be kind of be that sort of gentle voice, you know, or, or maybe even not so gentle, um, then my, my work is done. Well, it's and it's an important voice to have, and I'm glad you kind of, instead of resting back in Perth and saying, "Oh, you know what? I'm comfortable. I'm here," you know, you you took that leap because it's extremely important for everybody to hear what you have to say. And and I know your new series, everybody's going to love as well. So very excited for that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that came out of one of those walks. <laughs> one of my oh, walks. that's amazing. And just thinking, you know, hearing everybody say we need there's underrepresentation in the media. Um, we don't hear enough marginalised voices. People saying I don't see myself on screen. Knowing that, um, you know, marginalised people don't watch commercial TV because of it. You know, they're disenfranchised with the media, with mainstream media. Well, how do we fix that? Because we can't just have um, a certain sector of the community being catered for on free to wear. TV, you know, and so so that that's where it all came about. Uh, so I think, you know, yeah, Dinner Guest is is my passion uh, project for sure, and I really hope it gets commissioned. Oh, good on you! I'm sure it will. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm. And Narelda, your dad was one of the stolen generations. Um, when did he share his story, and when did you share it with Jade? I've always known. Um, we always knew. We, we, the, the whole time we've, I'd grown up, I always knew my dad. It, um, he would tell it in a in a way like he he. Um, it was just a fact. It was just a. It was just a. It was kind of a matter of fact almost. Like the, there was kind of the emotion was taken out, um, and also because our aunties, our uncles. And, and aunties were in the mission with dad, our, our uncles. And so um, we, we always knew that that was the connection that mm. they, they were in together. Um, and so it was something that I always knew. When, how far back did you remember? Um, yeah, I think maybe about like year one, so like six or seven or so. Yeah, I remember learning. I don't know. I think I've always just been so upset by it. So I, kind of struggled to like have a proper conversation about it because I just end up crying all the time. Yeah, it was just a really painful story. But um yeah. Is it because Pop came to school and told your yeah. class, do you think? Yeah, I was I was trying to remember. I think he did come to school and um because he has a book about his story um being taken away. So I'm pretty sure um that he did like a reading at school. With that, mm, yeah, probably. yeah, that's my memory of of my dad as well. Like, I would bring him to my school like every year, every year. Um, mm. and my my favorite time of the year was when I would bring my dad to school. Oh. Um, because you know, like, he was news. Like, did you have news in your class? Like, you we would did, get up in the front yes. of the class and tell. And, oh, and the kids are obsessed with yeah, it. Like, 
yeah, it, it's 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 in such an impactful thing as a kid to be able to. I mean, the kids take very silly things like toys that it's not so you know in depth, in, in, depth in depth just yet. But it is for a child to be able to share with the rest of their class something that's so impactful in their lives. I think is such an amazing thing, and I'm so glad that they keep doing that and they've recognized that for kids it's it's an amazing thing yeah it is and I I used to bring my dad so I used to bring my dad (laughs) just to show and tell (laughs) it's like once a year but I think back that was the like so is it it was a small you know public school and there'd be like what 20 30 kids in the the class but they were the same kids you know every year they were the same kids (laughs) and so that was my dad like every year come in so in so looking back I think I was more doing it for the teachers Yes. You know, to, to show yes. the teachers, to be proud of, the, of my dad to the teachers rather than the kids because the, the kids, kids had heard it every year. Heard it. Yes. And it's like dad would bring um, the didgeridoo, he'd bring artifacts, um, he'd, yeah, he'd, he'd bring all sorts of things. So I'd like to be able to have a conversation with one of those kids that I did, went to primary school with to, to say, hey, you know how we're going through this truth-telling process in, in Australia? Did you know about Aboriginal history because of like my dad coming in every year? Like I, I would actually like to know um, because I, I can't remember, you know, us being being taught it. But I, I wonder it, is that a lasting memory that they have of? And is that their kind of their um, their, their, their Aboriginal story from when they were kids? Yeah. Like having come in a, a presence in the school. I think it's, I mean, you know, you would have done it just as a, you know, being proud and, and and wanting to share your dad's story, but that would have made such an impact. I mean, 20, 30 kids at a time, even if they were the same kids though, but as they got older, that story would still resonate. So I think it's an amazing achievement and, and foresight really knowing what your future career would be to have your dad tell that story over and over again and bringing in artifacts and, you know, and just educating on top of everything else because it obviously wasn't a huge part of the curriculum at the time. Yeah, that's a really good point, Jordan. I've never I've never actually thought of it like that, but that might have been the beginning of my kind of, you know, fact-finding or truth-telling career, like being a journalist and being a reporter of um, actually telling stories and and giving the giving making sure stories are told, you know, cre- creating an environment. You know, that could have been the fir- my first um what, what what I loved about about doing it, and that's why I sought out becoming a journal, a journalist. So um, obviously, you knew that from a fairly young age that that was the career path you wanted to take. Obviously, yeah, because I love telling stories, and I love writing. I love writing stories, and um, yeah, that that's I, I knew early on, like in year seven. Mm, I, I had a way of becoming a, a journo. Gosh, yep. and then Jade, obviously, you knew from a young age you wanted to be an artist because you spent your childhood drawing? Yeah, I think I didn't realise it until I was an adult, until about 18. That's when I kind of started taking it a bit more seriously. Um, But, yeah, when I think back, I was always creative, like always making stuff, writing like magazines (laughs) or or mum's Christmas presents and stuff and just like coming up with random little projects all the time. But, um, yeah, I, oh. Yeah, I 
when, when, when you talked about, um, you know, sitting, sitting quietly doing drawings, um, I just re- remember, you know, J- Jade would come everywhere with us. Um, she would, you know, come to restaurants and cafes and catch ups and, and actually even bars. <laughs> to bars. Um, but you would have, you, you would have your coloring in pencils yeah. and you would have textures. Um, time. And I still feel like that's all I need. Like whenever I'm traveling somewhere or leaving the house, as long as I have like paper and pen. You're fine. I, I, yeah. Like I don't feel like I've really left anything. Like everything that's in my head, I can just put on to paper. Isn't that fantastic? Or just do scribbles, games or whatever. Yeah. It, it is like a comfort. Yeah. Yeah. Stationery is like the best gift you can give, Jade. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> Sounds like she must have been a really good child, though, obviously, because she could occupy herself. You know, she found her little niche in life and, and that kept her happy. She must have been an easy child. Oh, she was fantastic as a child. Like, just, oh, I mean, I, I wish, yeah, that I could kiss her, kiss those cheeks now. Like, <laughs> she looks just gonna, oh, that's sweet. Right now. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> Yeah, she's, that's nice. Well, and the thing is, like, when when you can have dinners with friends, um, by the end of it, all the friends would have a picture to take home with their name on it. Oh, gosh. You know, that, that was yeah. Oh. She, she was probably listening to the conversation as well, and would probably draw. Um, and so each of the friends, and so I would work, um, walk through the, the newsroom, and I, I would see Jade's little gifts of of like pictures at my workmates' oh, desk. So cute. Oh, <laughs> so that's that so lovely. Jade's, that's funny. I know. Aww. So cute. That is so, so nice. I mean, it's. Have you kept any of Jade's like? I mean, early early work when she was. <laughs> there are yeah, some there random are some, things. There are some. How much of how much artwork do you keep? I know. <laughs> I know. You feel terrible as a parent. They're like, look. I mean, I'm sure Jade's <laughs> my kids, but they're like, look, and you're like. Yay, I'm just going to add that to the box, which is like this high, and so something has to come out in order to go in. But it would be amazing to see what you what you as an artist as a, you know, when you were younger and, and to where you are now. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so different. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know, it's, it's pretty interesting. Like when I look back at some of my old artworks, I really feel like connected to myself, mm. but like, I don't, that sounds a bit weird, but if it's like, I'm actually there sitting, looking at my younger self and like That's having sweet. a conversation and like, like see how I used to, like what style I used to do and what colors and how I used to do it. And I was like, I feel like I can read my mind when I did that. Like it's, it's really strange. It's like looking at a journal almost. Or it transports you back, yeah. back in yeah. time. Well, I yeah. guess it's a, a very strong memory for you. Mm. Yeah. Because you've now studied colours and what mm. different shapes mean. So I guess you're kind of applying that knowledge of art to yeah, yeah to my early, early piece. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, Jade, what was it like growing up seeing your mum on TV? How, how did, you know, I mean, you were obviously very proud, but. Yeah, I was, yeah, always really proud, always like excited to see mum on the TV. I think, um, I don't know, it was so normal and that was just her job. Like mm. I never really thought much of it. The only thing, like I, the only way I knew it was different is that 
all the kids at school would tell me like every day. Oh, I saw your mom on TV last night. And like that was the only kind of inkling that this was a bit different to what other people's parents were doing. Mm. But it was just so normal. Mm. Yeah. Like I, before I was the – and you also grew up in the newsroom. Yeah. Like it, that was normalised as well, coming into work to visit. Yeah, that like was a lot of fun. If I, if I knew that I wasn't going to be going on the road and doing some, you know, all, like the awful news of the day, I would bring Jade in during school holidays, like if, if I knew that I was just going to be in the newsroom. So she, she spent a lot of time um, mm. in and around studios at work, mm. um, yeah, and cameras and and. And yeah, it was so that so it was very it was very normal. Yeah, it was awesome going into work with mm-hmm. mom when I was little. I love spending the days at the studio. That would be a great. I mean, for <laughs> a kid, that's like well, not quite Disneyland, but almost like Disneyland. Like it's just you know, that would be amazing fun. I can only imagine. Yeah, it was that like all the posters of all the shows and like. And I don't know the the novelty of like seeing people, other journal journals that are on TV. It's like, oh my gosh, I know you. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you have any memories. Like, I, I, there's nothing that comes to mind. But like the the, the moment that news uh, breaks and kind of the the excitement in the newsroom about everyone kind of jumping in the cars and going and to something and, and hopefully nothing bad happened. Mm, <laughs> I, don't, mm, yeah. I don't know. I mean that that's that was the other thing. You're you're kind of. Um, uh, I mean, traumatized is a strong word, but um, exposure. Like, because I guess. she was exposed to it. Yeah, yes, as yeah. Jordana said. Yes, yes, exactly. You were exposed to some pretty heavy um, breaking news. Just that I would come home with mm. and talk about at home. I, I didn't kind of, I didn't kind of sugarcoat any any bad news of the day mm. when I would come home. Yeah, there was. I, I remember there was one story that you were a bit shaken up by a girl who was the same age as me mm-hmm. who was killed oh, dear. in a car and that was that was that hit you hard mm. yeah uh yeah th- those days I would kind of be putting you to bed and like falling <laughs> falling asleep in your bed yeah. and like letting you go it was like those types of things mm. yeah yeah I would think as a, a news journalist you always you're you're the you like really other than first responders you're the forefront of those sorts of news stories and when they become relatable, like someone's your child's age or you identify yeah. with a person, you, you can't help, even though you you can't articulate that when you're on screen, but internally you must be feeling that all the time. Yeah, and you you, you realise how fragile life is. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. When your mum was in the public eye, did you feel like, did you think that was normal or did you did you ever feel like you struggled to step out on your own and find your own path or did you feel like because it was so normal you were like I love drawing and I'm just going to keep pursuing art anyway like it just didn't even wasn't even a hard a hard decision to make Yeah I I I don't remember ever like being worried about it or really like thinking of the future too far I, um cuz I've always grown up with so much support and love and doing nothing was never an option in our family. So I just knew that I was going to do something cool or something great. And, I, yeah, it was just like, I don't know, whenever that revealed itself to me, then I would just follow that path. But, um, yeah, I kind of just said yes to every opportunity until I was about, like, 20. <laughs> so I, I feel like I had a lot of experiences with work and I quickly found out, like, 
what I wasn't interested in, what I didn't want to pursue, and then just kind of narrowed it down. And then art ended up being like an alley that I never, like I didn't, I, it, yeah, I had no idea that I wanted to do art really. And I think through like conversations with pop and just feeling this like overwhelming emotions, art just helped with that. And I think learning how to like put all of those emotions into paintings, mm-hmm. it's like it is therapy, like it definitely is, and it helped me heal and it still does whenever there's like things I'm really struggling with that I, or I, don't, I can't name it, I can't explain it, but I can paint it. You can express and, it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it, it started as like a therapy, I think, expressing mm-hmm. that and then, yeah, just doing a lot more of that figuring out what what colors I like to paint and like whenever I'm designing a mural it's strongly influenced by how I feel at that moment (laughs) so sometimes by the time I end up actually like painting a mural I don't feel like I'm in a different (laughs) different color yeah (laughs) Yeah. but that's so I mean it's amazing it's amazing to be able to just articulate that, like even if you can't articulate your emotions, but to be able to articulate the fact that that's what's helped you and that's your career path is incredible because most people can't really figure out what the like what therapy helps them, you know, get over whatever it is yeah. that they're going through. Yeah, yeah, I, I love the way you articulate articulated that as well. Uh, we have, we've never spoken on that level, so that was that was oh, that's very nice. You know, yeah. I, I am digressing, but we find that often that yeah. when we record with other mothers and daughters, you know, they discover things sometimes about themselves that they sort of look and go, oh, I didn't know that or thanks for sharing that or thanks for bringing yeah. that out because sometimes, as we always say, you know, you don't sit down and have those sort of in-depth conversations with each other. It's more general chit-chat. But, you know, sometimes it's just good to have a really sort of deep conversation and, yeah, yeah. things come up that, you, you you know, surprises everybody. Yeah. yeah totally. So it's lovely. And, Narelda, if I can ask you, you know, how was it juggling, you know, being a single mother, you know, starting a career? I mean, how, how did you cope? Did you rely on a lot of, you know, family members, that, you know, because you're surrounded by a big family? Yes, family was, was everything and, and that's part of the – um, the reason Jade is so in- independent was because you know it really she was raised by a village. Mm. Uh, she she was never a clingy child. Um, she would she was at childcare from the time she was a baby. You know from the time she was about six months old. Not not full time, but kind of worked our way up to being full time. And so um, so she would love to go to other people's houses to stay the night to mm. aunties' houses. And Nana Pop's house was like her second home, uh, and so yeah, so it was. There was a lot of family help, um, but yeah, it was. It was during that nineteen twenty year where, it, like, everything kind of. It was that really pivotal time, um, but it, at the same time, it feels like a, a lifetime ago because so much has happened since then. But um, yeah, I was just really happy that I, I, um. I recognised and, and kind of the, the world opened itself up to me at that time um, so I could start the journey that would lead to where I am now, you know, I kind of started it then mm. while just a baby, you know, she was one, um, she was, well, she was, yeah, she was one when I, when I came out and then she was a little, um, she was like three or four when I got my first job in a newsroom and so, 
if that's as far back as you can remember. There is no other mum. Yeah. You know, I've always been the same mum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes a big yeah, difference so- in life that allowed, well, to rely on such a, as you say, a village mm-hmm. to take care of her as well, which allowed you to be in the position, I guess, that you are currently. You know, that had you not had that wonderful support network, you might have had to say mm-hmm. no to a whole lot of things, obviously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, I kind of reflected on this a little while ago that, um, and we, we, we've had these, these conversations that, um, you know, I wasn't, you know, because journos um, have to work public holidays, have to work weekends, have to work odd hours. And so that was as much a sacrifice that you made being without me for some of those um, times and maybe special occasions and, it, you know, because that that's traditionally times that family get together. And so, you know, for a lot of those times I, I wasn't there and that was a sacrifice that you had to make so that I could enjoy the career that I have but also that we can now enjoy the life that we can enjoy. Mm, you know, mm. it's kind of happened later in life yes. rather than in the, in the beginning. Yeah, so it was like my success is is as, is, is as much about you as it is about as it, uh, about me. Mm. Mm. I mean, it's amazing. Jade, looking back now, obviously being in your 20s, can you imagine being in the reverse situation like your mum was? No way. Yeah. When I was at that age when mum had a baby, I was like, I, <laughs> I, there's no way I could raise a baby. <laughs> like it just blows my mind and like being a single mum and kicking in the goals that mum kicked, it's just, yeah, I can't even fathom what that would be like. In fact, when you were 18, you pointed out, you were pregnant now with me. And then it was like almost every stage of the pregnancy, you were like, mum, you were like literally pregnant. <laughs> you know? And then you're like, mum, you, ha- you, you had, had me, me. When, when you were 19, when you were my age. Like, mm. And so you, it, there was all these moments during that time for you um, that, that you were, it took like it really, I was like, oh, oh, yeah. But but it, it was quite meaningful for mm. you to go through those motions of Recognizing yeah. the you know the those pivotal moments at that age, mm. yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, pretty insane. Mm. But I guess on the flip side, if if it was like that, you'd have your mum in, you'd have your mum anyway, so you would make it work. Yeah, <laughs> the world loses her, than I win. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, but it's, it's different though. Like I, I don't even know if I probably wasn't even like I, I probably wasn't even ready for a baby. Like so, I mean, you just you just do you, you just you, do you what take you it have on. No choice. Yeah. yeah. Still, yeah. yeah, very young, very very admirable. Mm-hmm. And Noretta, what what was it like um, taking your place at the news desk? I mean, knowing you were the first. First Nations woman. How? I mean, that must have been quite quite a moment. It felt like I'd won lotto. That's how I describe it. It really felt like I'd won the jackpot because um, no, it was Monday to Friday, uh, no weekend work, um, and it was just, it was just, it was just wonderful. You know, it was it was a really good. Um, I mean, I I didn't think that I I had it in me to do it. It was only because there were other people in the newsroom that said you'd be, you know you'd be mad not to put your hand up to at least, you know, throw your hat in the ring for it. Um, so it was only because they sort of gave me the confidence to to to, to do that. I, I didn't think that I, I 
that I was a newsreader. Um, and, you know, lo and behold, I was given the opportunity and, um, yeah, it, it's, it, 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 it was life-changing. Hmm. It would have been. I mean, how, how did your parents feel at the time when you first, I mean, not only telling them that you've got this job but actually seeing you read the news for the first time? Oh, it was it was such a proud moment, and especially you know for my for my dad and my my mum and dad. Um, my dad passed away, uh, f- well, f- four, four years, years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were they're, they're news junkies. My mum is a news junkie. She watches every, watches every single news that there is possibly to watch. You know, mm-hmm. she, that's her, and that's how we, we grew up on an appetite of news. Um, and so for me to become a journalist and to read the news, well, it was just like. You know, they, they just really loved it. And my dad, when I studied at the Academy of Performing Arts and would have to be in early for um, some, uh, you know, we, we ran a, a radio station, had to be in at like 6am. And so he would come over to my house, um, like sleep the night before so that he could be up to take mm. Jade to childcare. Yeah. Uh, and just so that I was able to do all the things that I had to just to study. Yeah. And so... So it was it was a reward for the whole family, really. You know, just that moment. It was like it wasn't just me there. It was it was all of us there. Yeah. And and I mean, how is that? Or have you has it paved the way for many others as well? I mean, do you you know you you become a role model, obviously, and and has it benefited others? Mm. Yeah, for sure. I think though that visibility is one thing, but but it, it has to be the substance there, and that's something that I, I felt that I wasn't able to provide is the substance because I wasn't able to share opinions. So I, I think now you know stepping out of mm. the news desk and onto a couch, you know where you're where you're sharing. Um, for me, that's the biggest. Um, that, that's the biggest contribution that I could ever make to the media landscape is to be able to do that mm. uh, because visibility is one thing and, and while that's really important, you need to have you need to have the substance to back it up. So I, I feel like um, I, f- I feel like you know if anyone wants to kind of put that sort of role model label on me like now more so than just sitting at, at, at a news desk. Mm. How over the years obviously when you had to, read the news as it, as it was, you know, rather than sharing your opinion. Did you ever broach those subjects with Jade, especially the ones that obviously touched you? You know, not, I'm not saying necessarily the tragedies, the ones where you really did want to share your opinion. Did you bring that up with her, obviously, at age-appropriate times to I kind wish- of share with her how, you know, how you felt? I know, and I, I, I love, I, I would love to have gone back and have, and, and, talk more at home um because I think that's one thing that we didn't really do we didn't really talk you just kind of go through the motions of life um and you know you do the 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 parent child thing of of um you know or making sure you've done your homework making sure you've cleaned your cleaned your room like um I don't know all those things like just it's just life it's just living and Mm. doing you know and so um I don't even know I don't know what we talked about (laughs) that's like I kind of hear um, children and their parents, you know, um, I kind of eavesdrop on, on some of their conversations and I think, wow, that's really like well done. For having, <laughs> it's all having serious conversations at the dinner party and not talking down or, or dumbing things down to your child because um, 
like just being able to know how to have a conversation, how to talk about things that it might be uncomfortable or controversial um, or things that people won't agree with. Um, like what did we talk about? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I think we realised that we actually don't talk. <laughs> and so, yeah, like had to actively like, force ourselves to try to have conversations and like schedule phone calls where we can like talk about actual stuff not just like what are you doing now what are you yeah. doing later and yes. what's going on but like actually talking about stuff like the world talking about the world and the world around us but obviously um, Jade, and our place in the world yeah but obviously as you say you used to take Jade a lot with you everywhere you know that she was obviously listening you know even mm. if she wasn't participating in the conversation but she was obviously you know aware and 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 listening to all your conversations with all your friends yeah. or family members or whatever so so she was probably there listening the whole time we we have a bit of a family joke actually that um we're a family of speech makers <laughs> <laughs> Because my dad, you know, was a, my, my parents are pastors. My mum was a pastor. My dad was a reverend of the Uniting Church. So um, even saying grace was a speech, you know, yeah. at, the, at the dinner table. Um, and so we're a family of speech makers. So we kind of have a bit of an in-joke that the only time we hear each other speak is when when one of us makes a speech. Okay, <laughs> you know, at a, even at a family gathering. Yeah. And that's kind of what it is like, yeah. actually. Yeah, it is like that. Mm. Too many cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> have you have your other family or your other sisters? Have they taken on um, roles in life that sort of also involve speech making, or or they lead quite different lives to you? Yeah, my elder sister Karen. She's like a well. Uh, well, talk about being elderly. She, um, not not quite elderly. She's an elder. She's mm. recognised as an elder of the Noongar community, which is slightly different. You don't slightly have to be different. Yes, that's that's with more respect. <laughs> El- elder respect. has more respect than elderly. Yes. So yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Karen's an elder, uh, and she yeah she's just incredible. She's 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 a leader. Um, and she's a she's a matriarch of of our family as well. Um, and then and all the other sisters are stepping in, into that uh, role of respect in in our community. So yeah, it's beautiful to be able to see them stepping into their power. Oh, that's so lovely. It must be nice, obviously, going back to because there's everybody obviously in WA around Perth. So it must be nice to be around everybody after having such a long break, really. Yeah, and this time, the, this, this week that we've got in um, in an Airbnb, so it's no one's house, like no, no one has to do all the work um, if we just sit and relax. And um, and we're just sitting quietly and we're having conversations in the in these five days that we're together. Oh, and that's I'm, nice. I'm here for it. I'm here for all the conversations. You're like, catching up also- now on the conversations you didn't have when Jade was a teenager, which, you know, most – most parents don't when they teen- have teenagers. Yeah, and no one can figure out the TV, so so we 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 can't <laughs> oh, that's be distracted. Good. So no you're you're, you're, you're forced to have that conversation because you can't be watching TV. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And there's nowhere to hide. We have to see each other. So um, no, but but it's it's really I'm I'm looking. I've been really looking forward to this time of just being quiet and having the time to be still. That's lovely. And and Jade, what inspired you to work with children in the community? Um, 
Well, I think like me growing up at school, there was there was a bit of a gap of education about um, the true history and um, Noongar culture. So, yeah, I think uh, the only time it was really mentioned to me is like in high school um, through non-Indigenous teachers or when Pop came to school to she, hang out with my class. She also took Pop to school. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. I think that's am- I think that's not, and it's an an a nice way of sort of continuing a family tradition as as such, especially because it it would have, I can imagine, would have been difficult for you to hear that from someone who's not in in the Indigenous community telling you something that you might not have known at the time, but still it would be such a disconnect coming from somebody else who hasn't had the same experiences that your family has. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's like you're reading it in a textbook, whereas I could have had someone from my family come and actually share their personal experience. So, it's just, yeah, it's not the same and it's a lot harder to connect, like just on the on like a Western um, way of learning. It's really difficult, I think, for a lot of Indigenous kids to learn at school by just having a teacher stand in front of the class and mm. just tell you these things mm. and you constantly reading, whereas like our way of learning is like you're experiencing it. Someone's showing you, you're doing it with them. Um, yeah, it's like you're using all of your senses, not just reading being, something. Being or, talked at, being... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, um, I would I have think, thought for young kids that would be the best way of getting them to hear you is by having someone of experience sharing that. I mean, in th- in theory, that's such an, an amazing way of experiencing education is from someone who's actually experienced, experienced it. it while you've still got the exposure to it, you know, as each generation goes on, it's, you know, it's quite, I can imagine quite confronting if you lose that connection as each generation could you know, goes mm. on. And Jade's got incredible patience to work with little kids and um, and the, the artwork that you do in, in schools and, um, and places like each child of the school, each student gets to participate in the, in the artwork and you're just incredibly patient to be able to work <laughs> with hundreds of kids. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I do think it's so important that they, um, that kids are involved in learning, not just being talked at, but, you know, while, while they're like working on a piece that they're learning about like the creation story of that area or what that, what that area is significant for. Um, yeah. So I think like being able to so they can develop their own connection to Noongar culture and to the land is really important. Hmm. And I can imagine like colours and things like that play such an important role. And for kids, that's the probably the best way of making a connection with them because that's really, at you know, when they're at that young age, that's what they can really sort of attach to because that's something that they can physically do for themselves. Yeah, definitely. And like kids don't do the whole overthinking thing. Mm. Like it's so different with adults. Like we we like to plan it out before we start doing anything. Whereas kids will just like, I'm drawn to this color. And then mm. they will just start doing it. Yeah. It's a lot more expressive, like without those barriers. So I think I also try mm. to be more like that now <laughs> and not overthink, like not just overthink. dive in, without, just be in the moment, like present. Yeah. However it turns out, it's mm. how it's meant to be. Jay, do you feel like it's such, um, I guess, an amazing experience to have this family culture and you get to continue it 
on, you know, like this sort of educate. I mean, it's in a way it's speech making. It's just more visual than talking. Talking. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I feel very, very grateful to have family um, and also to have the stories that the family hold and to be able to um, listen to those and, like, translate them into artworks. It, I feel like it's a very important job because storytelling and passing that knowledge is the way that our culture is continued. So, yeah, it's it's like a bit of pressure <laughs> to not get anything wrong, but yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's such a great feeling to do it as a team so it's not just me doing it it's actually everyone the whole family is creating the artworks i love that that's amazing and and Noelle, you reported um on the murals obviously that jade had painted in the in the perth lane ways yeah oh it was a surprise mm. um we our newsroom in perth did a story on on these murals and no one told me that jade was going to be on the news that oh, night and gosh. I, and I, and I was ready, and then she popped up, and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> but what made it more special was that it was it's it was newsworthy in its own right, and I had nothing to do with it. Mm. You know, it was this. You know, this is someone who is is um is 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 worth is well is newsworthy is doing things that are changing the place that we live in for the better, um, and it's worth telling people about. You know, and and it didn't come from me. You know, it was completely independent of me. And so, yeah, it just made me so proud. <laughs> I was going to say, well, watching that clip, you'd never know that that was a you, – you're clearly, like, very skilled at keeping your composure because I can imagine as a parent you have that, like, excitement and you it was a surprise on top of that and you still oh, have okay. to just keep it together and read the news. I mean, when the cameras well, went off, did you start screaming as – yeah. yeah, and I was like, I was like, it's my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone, was, I was making everyone come and run to the screen. Like that's her, that's that's her artwork. It's like, it, it, you know, because it's it's almost like um, be, be, being in Sydney. Um, um, you know, I'm telling people, you know, I'm like, you know, what does your daughter do? She's an artist, and then they're like, oh, that's that's nice, that's nice, you know, and um, not not kind of realizing the scale of what she does. And then, so so then, it was almost like um, I don't know, like valid not vindication or validation or whatever to to, see, to actually see it on the news. And then they then their faces were like, "Wow, yeah. she really does do mural art. Mm. That's huge." You know, it's like it's it's not just a proud mum. Mm. Yeah. She actually does this amazing art. They can they can see it for themselves. Oh, that's so that's great. And can I how how often do you actually get together? I mean, I know with your busy schedule, it's it's probably a bit of a challenge. But how how often does that happen? Oh well, we've been lucky. This just this latest, we've had a really good run. Like Jade came to to Nam to Melbourne for the NAIDOC Awards recently, uh, and so this is pretty soon after after that. So we've seen each other quite quite a bit, which is great. Um, yeah, but but before that, this is the first time I've been been home for for months and months. Um, yeah, so so not as much as we would like. And then during the pandemic, you know, there mm, was a lot of, course. of distance. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Narada, how did it feel? Obviously it was quite exciting being offered the role that you were given in Sydney, but how did it feel sort of stepping away from that, fa- like that huge community that you have, you know, having five sisters and your mom there and Jade? How did that feel sort of stepping on the plane and literally going 
to the other side, not knowing obviously that the borders would shut behind you. Yeah, I guess I was looking for an adventure, knowing that um, I knew some work people. Um, Stevie, my partner, had you know some close um, friends. Some of her best friends uh, lived in um, live in Sydney. But in terms of me, in a social sense, I I kind of didn't know anyone, and also in a family sense, I had uh, a nephew there. Um, but it was starting from scratch, really. It was it was um, finding a chosen family, which you know took that that took time. But um, but we've got a beautiful community of people in in sydney and um and that is it feels you know this will always be home perth will always be home but that comes a very very close second um because of the community but not only that like there's also a community in nam in melbourne you know there there is there's a community of people and it's social media that has connected us you know, social media has just become a very empowering, beautiful place, and all the people uh, out there changing the world I have become my closest people. And um, even though we ha- I haven't met some of them yet, but they're all over the country, uh, and so it's it's because we we're, we're like minded and we're in the same space, and we are supporting and empowering each other. You know that that's where you find the the community. That's amazing, and it's it's nice that you saw it as a sort of a rewarding challenge or a way of finding that second family, you know, starting, Mm. it's not really starting from scratch, but a lot of people would be nervous to take a leap, you know, once you've established your life and, and, you know, career and everything like that. Yeah, well, I guess it was taking a leaf out of my dad's book of being fearless, walking into a room of strangers. You know, it was that that kind of fearlessness of going, what's the worst that can happen? Someone's not your friend? You know, mm. someone doesn't become your friend? Like, that's fine. I can I can take, I can handle that kind of rejection. Um, just turns out, like, they, they've become my closest friends. That's <laughs> just, very nice. And, you know, but it, but it, it, it took you know take it's a two way thing like you you can't just impose yourself on someone and think that there's going to be an instant friendship it's it's you know it's it's a lot of giving and but also uh, after the giving that you 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 get you get it all back as well um, yeah well it's probably lucky that you were going into work during the pandemic because I can imagine for people who would have moved to Sydney for whatever other uh, career and would have been at home that would have been a completely different experience for mm. you because you wouldn't have been able to have had that social connection with almost yeah. anybody. Well, we know people that came with uh, hopes, dreams and aspirations to Sydney and and they still have those aspirations. They were just put on hold for a couple of years. Mm. So, yeah, we, we definitely, I definitely know people who came over there around the same time mm. um, and I just was, was blessed to be able to go to work every day and, and be able to, um, be able to live the dream, and those people are, are doing it. Are doing it now. It was just that it was just put on hold. Put on hold. Yeah. Well, before we let you go, we're going to do a quick lightning round, all about us. So, mm-hmm. one word to describe your relationship when Jade was a teenager. Strained. Yeah. We hear that a lot. We do hear yeah. that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Strained. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and each you, one word each. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jade, you, you're entitled to your own word. Yes. Oh no, I'm not great at this. Um, <laughs> if you need oh, more than one word, you're more than welcome to. I or oh, I would say, um, forced. No. <laughs> yeah. 
it's hard. It, yeah, it's hard. Like teenagehood would be hard, and I can imagine Narelda, given you had Jade so young as a as a teenager, that dynamic would be really interesting once Jade hit teenagehood. Yes, because how old was I? Like you were still young. You were still so young. Yeah, yeah, and just being like. Oh, just get like kind of as it like like get over yourself. Like just kind of we're we're living in a house together. Like just but but you would see in a like this is we need therapy about this. <laughs> we have glad we could tapes. start the conversation and facilitate the 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 starting point for that. That's all right, but maybe it's changed now. So so the second one is one word to describe your relationship now in adulthood. Oh, respect. Oh, um, yeah. Admiration. Oh, that's oh, nice. Isn't it it it's, comes around. Yeah, so it's amazing that it, it, it changes yeah. and, and definitely always for the best. Yeah. I guess yeah. as you get, I, as you I, get older, I, I, you. What yeah, were you going to say? I would like, do you want to put in a second page? <laughs> like, because I, I did. You, oh, do you want to have a go? Yeah, the teenage one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I was forced to be independent before I was ready and before I wanted to. I don't, yeah, I don't feel like I really had a choice a lot of the time. Um, so I think that's something I struggled with for a while. But, um, yeah, that was the sacrifice that was needed to make. Yeah. Do you feel, <laughs> do you feel like you have talked about that or you're starting to have that conversation now more as adults because you can reflect back and and realize as a greater good that it was a joint sacrifice I guess in a way mm, yeah, yeah we, we're, we're like yeah, starting we're, to talk about it <clears throat> yep yeah it's easier when you know teenagers are hard to have a conversation with in general it's sort of like toddlers can't always can't always get to them. You think you might be able to, you understand the words, but sometimes between the hormones mm. and maturity, you can't you can't make that cut through. So it's good mm. that you're kind of looking back instead of just sweeping it under the rug and not talking about it, yeah. that you're actually talking about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What characteristics do you think Jade has of you? Oh, um... I think the art of conversation. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I listen to the conversations that you have when you meet people. I'm like, oh, way to go. Like that's, yeah, that's, that's um, engaging. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good trait to have. Definitely. So, so Jade, what characteristics do you think you got from your mum? Yeah, I think um, I can like switch on when I need to and um, be be like very confident I think I'm like very introverted naturally but if I need to like if I'm speaking at something I feel like I've watched mom do it enough times Mm. that I can't know how to how to be a confident speaker even though when I get off I'm just like back in my shell (laughs) but yeah I think I've learned heaps of I've got a lot of mom's traits I think that's good I think yeah speaking confidently is a beautiful trait to have to be able to articulate yourself i think that's a really you know beautiful quality to be able to teach and share with someone whether it's your child or whether you know you're teaching kids i think it's it's really important to be able to 
speak confidently about whether it's your family history or you personally, you know, if something's happened to you and you want to share that, I think it's just, it's amazing if you, and you can say, I, I, I feel like I'm confident enough to speak when I need to. Yeah. Yeah. And most memorable moment in your relationship? Oh, oh we, um, we, we went to Singapore together. Before I moved to Sydney, we went to Singapore together. Um, so it was December 2019, just before Christmas. It was like the week before Christmas. And that was just a really beautiful time of us bonding. And it was mm. almost like a... Um, it was almost like a bit of a farewell, like we're not mm. going to be living in the same city anymore, um, but let's have this lovely bonding time um, right before Christmas. And it was just really beautiful, just the two of us. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was th- my first thought was Singapore. Mm-hmm. I, it's hard to pick a moment, but um, honestly any time when it's just me and mum yeah. and we just can spend time together without having to do things. Yeah. One of my favourite things that you've you've said to me was, um, you know, when we do have phone calls, they're like, can you just ask me how I am rather than what I'm doing? Uh, mm. (laughs) Because you're feelings-based and I'm very action Mm. sort of based. Like what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing next? Mm. Like what are you doing next? What have you just done? You know, Mm. that that type of thing. Whereas Jade's like, stop. Mm. Ask me how I am. <laughs> That's very interesting. Very because and, I guess, yeah, nobody kind of yeah ask that. It's like, yeah, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah, and we could in fact go a whole conversation, and then I'll get a text message, and she'll say, "You didn't ask me how I am." Oh, <laughs> interesting. That but happens it's the, well. the mum well. thing. It's just she's just making sure that you're okay. What mm-hmm. are you doing? Who are you with? Who you, you know? Who are you seeing? Yeah. You know, it's all those things. And then you're just like, okay, got to go now. And then you you kind of move on and you forget that you know people have feelings. And <laughs> I, I know that's a silly thing to say. <laughs> um. So we could the one of our. It's legitimately one of our questions is how many times a day do you call each other? Some days, so many times. Some days we'll call each other like four or five times and then others we might not speak for like days on end. No, 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 no. Like like days on end. What days can feel like months of not speaking. But, um, yeah, but sometimes it's like, and when it's like four or five times, maybe maybe it might just be like a 30-second phone call Mm. where where we have a specific question to ask each other Mm. about something. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so, so there can be a lot and then nothing. Yeah. Who who calls the most or is it probably pretty equal? Do you ever call? Ah. <laughs> <Just joking>. ah. <laughs> it's probably equal. You do call me yeah. a lot. But, yeah, yeah, but but it's nice. Like, And I'll, I'll be between things and I'll always answer. Mum mm. um, will the- always answer even when she's busy. Oh, I'll be walking nice. to the news desk. I'll be walking to the news desk. When you're about to go on. And I'll be like. And yeah, yeah, and 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 you'll basically be hearing the news music, and then I'll have to hang up. <laughs> you know? And I'm just like answering it if you're busy. Like one time she answered it for like one second. And said, I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what was like, the point of that? Okay? That's so funny. 
don't want you to get your feelings hurt if, if it's an unanswered phone call. <laughs> she's just saying she's always going to answer your call. It's it's nice to know that if you call, your mum will always answer. It doesn't matter. So that's it's you like know. my it's like my mum. She um if she's driving, she actually she pulls over her car to answer the phone. I'm like if it wasn't urgent, you know, just. <laughs> Just call me back when you get home or whatever. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> it's like if I call mum after a certain time of night, she's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I just wanted to say blah. I mean, for the hundredth time that day, I'm sure mum's like, oh, God. Well, at least after seven, I, you know, should get a reprieve. But sometimes when I call her, she always thinks it's an emergency. Well, at the moment, I I, I sort of feel like I, I this phone has to stay on me all the time because I sort of think if I go downstairs and I leave the phone upstairs, she's going to phone and say, I'm in labour and I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't have my phone. So I sort of like it isn't leaving my side at the moment. No, of course. You've got one week to go. One week to one go. Th- wow. wow. Yeah. So and it's it's more I'm I'm nervous because I've got two other boys, so it's more I, I'm always nervous. It's going to happen in the middle of the night and that's like I'll just be ringing mum being like, I know it's like 3 a.m., but you have to just come, come over and, matter. you know, <laughs> sleep yeah. over with the boys. But Hopefully we've got a week up our sleeve. So that would be good. Um, the final question, is there anything you've always wanted to ask or tell each other but never have? Oh, that's interesting. Um, gosh, that's like mine's ticking mm-hmm. over, mm-hmm. mine's ticking over. Um, I guess just oh, I, well, this is this is that real this is going to sound like therapy now, but um, I guess that that time where you felt that you were, you know, forced into independence, like I didn't stop loving you, <laughs> you know, like I didn't, I didn't stop loving, loving you and it, it didn't stop being your home. Um, yeah. And, and, and like, I, I was always there, you know, the, the times that you thought that I wasn't there, like I actually, I, I was always there. Um, if I wasn't in there in, in body, I was there in, in spirit and in mind. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Thanks, that's Mom. Nice. Um, yeah, I. It's quite a deep question. Well, you can use it to to kick off your family conversation. conversation yes. Since you can't watch TV, I was going to say we, we you, that will be your leading question, yeah. and you can you can continue this can after our recording. You can take it to you know the family and 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 just go around yeah. and start that way. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably need a couple of days, I think, to simmer. I'd like to hear that. Yeah. That's all right. Well, you've got the time together. So there you go. There's your first first conversation, as Jordana says. Well, well, I'm going to say from my point of view, this has been really wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. And and it was Yeah, yeah. Bring him yeah, bring your mum. Oh, I didn't realise. Yeah, I didn't realise. Yeah. We've got yeah, we're all together. Oh, that's so nice. It's so. I mean, that's such a nice thing to be able to do to have all of you in one. Oh, that's really yeah. lovely under one roof, so to speak. I know it's awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Oh, and, oh, and I can hear a dog, a dog. too. <laughs> <laughs> Just for two seconds. <laughs> this is my mum. And, and and your dog. Oh, so we've got oh, the hello. generations because we've got Jake's baby as well. Hello, I'm Dion, and this is my daughter Jordana. <laughs> what was your name again? Dion. I know it's not Dianne. an easy name. Sorry. And Jordana. And Jordana. Nice to meet Lovely you. Lovely to meet you. You too. Oh, that's so nice. I have the three generations of the women together. That's really lovely. 
Yeah, it is yeah. good. Oh, that's it so is. nice. So the three of you are together. Oh. Yeah, and sisters and some of the nephews and nieces are coming as well. So yeah, oh, it's gorgeous! It's a fun yeah. family yeah, re- reunion. Oh, that's really lovely. Oh, well, you you enjoy your there special be, time. I mean, it must be so nice for you after the last couple of years having everybody under one roof together for a change. Well, we hardly saw Neralda for the last couple of years. Mm. She's been in Sydney. Mm. And, I mean, we've been fairly blessed here in WA because we've been free to travel around where we haven't had too much lockdown. No. But not being able to see folk who are in the eastern states is... Of course, it's been very hard. Yeah, at it least must be nice. Say, She's on TV, very, so you can feel like you've you can feel like you've seen her. Yes. Yeah, I was just I was saying how you are a news um, junkie. You like to watch all the news, so it's kind of oh, I do. That I, I went into journalism, so you could like <laughs> yeah. just do the things oh, that you love to do anyway. People know not to interfere with my five o'clock viewing time. Yeah, oh, that's very nice. I know I'm a bit of a news junkie. It's like, well, for us, at six o'clock, sit down, watch news. You know, like yeah. I just have to catch up on the news. It's not such a a young thing for this age group. They just don't really get into it that much. But like my husband and I are like, oh, got to watch the news and then maybe got to watch it later at night because things might have changed since six o'clock. You know, you never know. Three yeah, hours like is three hours. And the world, you know, and like to know what other people are thinking. And so I also like to watch documentation, you know, docos and, um, yeah, just mm. to – Keep abreast of what views are and see where I fit into all that and that's, what I think about it all. That's lovely. Well, you've got a beautiful family there. You must be very proud of, of your daughter am. and your granddaughter and it's, it's you know, it's been lovely so, speaking to them. And Narelda's uh, daughter, Jade, is an amazing artist. Yeah, it must. I mean, it must be incredible. City and you can see her works everywhere. That, as a grandparent, that must be one of the biggest highlights is to be able to walk around and, and see your grandchild's work on, you know, on the walls of Streets of Perth. It is great. It is oh. great. So you see her on the walls in Street in Perth and you come and you see her mother on the on the TV wall. <laughs> well, isn't that beautiful? Well, you're just, you're, you're very blessed, very blessed. Right. Yeah. Yes. And well, we're blessed. Oh, that's so um, nice. Oh, that's so yes. nice. Well, thank I'll, you. I'll take a quick oh, snapshot. Yeah, snapshot. That, oh. So everybody smile. Three, two. Georgiana and. No, Jordana. I know Jordana and Dion. It's all right. Mum. Mum's mum gave her a complicated name, so mum felt the need to give me one. It's fine. I thought, why should I go in life with a compli- you know, with a complicated name? I'm going to do the same to my daughter. <laughs> what will you pass on? What name will you pass on? Uh, well, no, my boys are pretty easy, Cooper and Mason, and then we've got one more boy. We haven't quite nailed that name yet, so that's coming. To, oh, okay. well, to be decided, literally. <laughs> Okay. Well, all, all the best for, for your week ahead. Thank uh, we'll you. Thank, thank you. And thanks, thanks so much. Enjoy enjoy your family time. Yeah, and nice, so nice to meet you. Nice to you meet too. you too. Thanks again. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you have a mother and daughter story that you would like to share, send us a DM on Instagram at Mothers and Daughters Pod. If you loved this episode, please subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss a new episode. Spread the love and share the podcast with your mum or sister or friend.
Don't forget to rate and review the podcast. See you next week. And don't forget to call your mum.